2 o'clock at the Southland, Mason and Ireland on a live imaging Tuesday. Michael Thompson here, Andy Kamenetsky information. Is this yeah. the Luther version of this? I was just asking if he knew that was. It's the only version that matters. Yeah. Remember they, they did a Jordan Clark? What, Jordan? Jennifer or Hudson. Hudson, they did and they said, get rid of and put Luther back. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they did. They did. They tried to, to, to spice it up All a right, little bit. Does it make me a nerd nerd alert, Jorge? That I still listen to Luther Vandross. No, no. Man, are you kidding me? Nerd power. I think he's got a great voice oh, yeah. and a ton of great songs. Even yeah. Skinny Luther. Oh yeah, the Skinny Luther. He was well, really jamming. Yeah, but uh, what did heart attack? Is that what got him? I can't remember. Uh, I don't know exactly, but something yeah, I got think him. he lost so much weight that it may mm. have affected. That's his why heart. I don't lose as much weight. There you go. See there you go, go Chris. That was my way of telling you: eat what you want. See, Andy Kamenetsky earlier said, "Hey, Chris, looks like you've lost a few pounds." He did the old John Ireland bit to me. I'm not allowed to comment on your weight. My right. wife, because my wife said Chris told her that all I do is comment on his weight. It was actually, by the way, a heart attack with Luther. It's yeah. a final. Luther. Yes. Meanwhile, <laughs> we play one shining moment because Thursday, March 16th, as the tournament, the big dance, Michael, tips off. Mm-hmm. ESPN LA has taken over Yamaha Resort and Casino's newest sports bar, the 909. A tournament tip-off party, 10 a.m. to 7 p.m. all day long. Even John Ireland, I've heard. I am making an appearance, and Michael, it's it's. we get back that night from Houston mm-hmm. at like 3 in the morning, and right. then I'm going right to Yamava. Look you at you're that. going straight out there. You're going to stay straight out there. Straight there. Why yeah. not? It's, Gamp, a it's a casino, right, Chris? Somebody, it is. It'll be open. There'll be a table open for me. Yeah. Well, much like in the movie Casino. Yeah. Straight with, to the table. With Ace Rothstein, we yeah. can find somebody to make sure you stay up all night. All right, good. Anyway, we'll be there 10 a.m. to 7 p.m., Yamava Resort and Casino. Don't miss it. A tournament tip-off party. Mm-hmm. Maybe if we can talk Michael Thompson into coming out. I'm not going out there. I've been to Yamava. It's a beautiful place. Why? Which, why would you go to Yamava? I was out there for an autograph signing. And wow, good for you. Like, Were you signing like autographs, or you're trying to get somebody's that. autograph? Well, a little bit of both. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. But it was a beautiful place, nice place out there. Oh, very nice. All right, Mason in Ireland on a Tuesday continues. Thank you, Chris. Now uh, we've been working on this for a while. This is the uh, we we often talk about. Well, that guy's underrated. He's the most underrated player in the league. Blah 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 blah. blah. By the way, take off the two restrictions. Who's the most? If and if he's on your list, don't say it. But. Who's the most underrated player in the league, including all-stars and all-NBA guys? I think it's Shea Gilgis-Alexander. He, he was an all-star. Right, but I'm saying, take the restrictions off. Who's oh. the most underrated player in the league? Hmm, that's a great question. If you even all right, you know who else? You know who else is on my list? Oh. But he's again, doesn't qualify because he's been an all-star? Andrew Wiggins. I think Andrew Wiggins yeah. is a better player than people give him credit yeah, for. Yeah, Andy, when, when that pops into your head... Is it somebody on your team or off your No, team? He's, okay. he's off my team because... Uh, he's been I'm an all-star? Not, yeah. Okay. It's not going to be a popular answer with the people listening right now, but a, I think it it's true. It is a clipper. Yeah. It's Paul George. I think Paul George is so underappreciated because he has this incredible ability. I would argue to- that he's properly rated. I think that he's a max player. He makes all that money, and I don't think he could be the best player on a championship team, but he's better than but the I other team's second best player. But I think people think he player. is overrated in part because they don't like him and he has yeah. a habit of saying foot and mouth stuff okay. in the playoffs. Yeah, but but he's a really oh, yeah. good player. He is. Um, yeah. Okay. So let's get to this. This is the all underrated team. I've got five. Andy's got five. Michael's got five. Um, and Greg will determine who comes up with the best team. Now the only two rules: can't have been an all star, cannot have been all NBA. And okay? they, they don't have to be current players, correct? They do. Oh, you, it was not said. Yeah, it's current. We don't care about who's retired. Oh, so you got well, well. Your list will be different than ours then. Yes, um, I don't think that was made clear. I apologize. Uh, if it was. Start, thinking, underrated. start thinking. Yeah, start of thinking of new other people. Now. All right. So, Michael, who's your first one? 
All right, I will give you the my honorable mentions first. Okay. Before I give you my final five. Okay. My honorable mentions for most underrated who have never been an all-star in the NBA are Miles Turner from Indiana, okay. Jalen Brunson from the Knicks, Tobias Harris from Philly, and Fred Van Vliet from Toronto. All right, some of those guys are on my team. Who is the first person who actually made your five? Here are my five most underrated players in the league that people like Andy Kamenisky pay no attention to. <laughs> C.J. McCollum. Okay. Now wait. Don't just give me one. Okay. C.J. McCollum. All right, Andy. Do you, you can give me the retired guys if you made a retired. Well, I, okay. List. I'll start with uh, a guy in copy the league. Copy my list. <laughs> I know. Seriously. <laughs> I'll let you copy like Mace. Here's someone in the league that I think is underrated. Josh Hart. Okay. I that's think a good Josh one. Hart is a really underrated player. Yeah, good All right. player. Okay. So my first one is Evan Mobley, who plays for Cleveland. I think he's a really good player. Never been an All Star. He's young. Never been a All NBA player, so I'll take Evan Mobley. Michael, who's your second one? Mikhail Bridges. Good one. Yeah, that boy can play. Good He's not going to be underrated much longer. And he doesn't miss games. Yeah, he plays every game. All right, Andy, number two. Okay, pretend this guy is still in the right, league. Good. Lamar Odom. Okay, I think people yeah, focus going to be so much ours. on him. I guess not reaching his maximum potential. They overlooked everything he did incredibly well. Okay, number two for me. Forgive me, Laker fans. Marcus Smart, Defensive Player of the Year, uh, contributes offensively, think he's a really good player. Marcus Smart is my number two. Michael, who's your number three? You don't have to ax Laker fans for forgiveness for naming a Celtic. I mean, if you're a Why, Celtic, are you about to name a Celtic? Yeah, because Marcus Smart, too. Because, oh, got it? Uh, okay. he's, he's on mine, too, because uh, he does it both, on both ends. And if you can play, and if you're a Celtic, you still got to give him their credit. All right, Andy, who's your number three? Smart's a really good point guard. My number three, Tayshawn Prince. He only made all defense teams, but he never made an all-star team. He also, too, I think, was sort of the embodiment of how that whole Pistons team, yeah. totally underrated, and at this point, we should stop talking about them like they were a no-star team. They have at least two guys in the Hall of Fame, two other guys, multiple all-stars. That team was much more of a star team than they're talked about now. Okay, this my third one is a little bit of a reach. But you knew I wasn't making a team without at least one Laker on it. And I really, I really, really, really wanted to put Austin Reeves on here. But he goes on my honorable mention. I'm taking Jared Vanderbilt. Jared Vanderbilt for all underrated. What do you guys think of that pick? He's all underpaid right now. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Michael, what's your number four? Number four is a guard who never made the uh, all-star game or LNBA team. But I think he might be Canada's. Maybe second best player in the game today, maybe behind Shea, is Jamal Murray. Has Jamal Murray never been All-NBA and nope. never been an All-Star? No, he's been hurt oh, a lot. Oh, that's a yeah. good pick. He's really good. Yeah, that is a good pick. Very okay, good. Andy, number four. Mike Bibby. Kill, kills me to say this because he irritated the hell out of me as a player, but he was really good. That 2002 Western Conference Finals against the Lakers – he and Bobby Jackson were the only ones who weren't afraid of the moment. All right, this is one that was on Michael's honorable mention, but he's on my five. I think this guy's going to be an all-star many times over, and that's Jalen Brunson, who I think has shown, now that he's on the Knicks, that uh, the Mavericks made a huge mistake letting him go. So Jalen Brunson is my number four. All right, Michael, your last one. Who is it? This one frustrates me because his own team underrates him and underappreciates him. And because I think he's the fourth best center in the game today. My boy from the Bahamas, DeAndre Ayton. Interesting. He can play. 
and they don't they they just he's an afterthought in that team. He's got a really it seems like former bad like you, uh, Michael, former mm-hmm. number one overall pick yeah. in the uh, Andy. Who's your fifth? Mike Miller. He was a Skinny. really good scorer, shooter, could run sets. Plus, he had a pet monkey. Mm-hmm. For real. Well, could we cast him in Commander in Chimp? I don't think the monkey's still with us. Oh. Unfortunately, that's that's too bad. Uh, remember Corey Brewer played for the Lakers. He had a pet goat. Goat. <laughs> Billy Wayne Brewer. <laughs> <laughs> One of the nicest right. guys My ever. last one, Michael, I think was on your honorable mention list. I don't understand why this guy doesn't get more love, but never been on an all-star team, uh, never been all-NBA, uh, puts up great numbers every year, uh, Miles Turner of uh, the Pacers. So well, He's uh, been on the block for like three years. Yeah, and then they yeah. just gave him the bag. You know, Indiana just gave him all the money, so he's not going anywhere now. All right, so Andy kind of uh, misinterpreted the assignment, Greg, mm-hmm. but you can yeah, you can he's, figure he's that out. <laughs> all right, who has a better team? You want Michael's think team about or it, my Greg. team? <laughs> Let me think about yours for a little bit. I mean, your your list is fine, but it's just not. A part I didn't of follow the assignment, not yeah. at all. Um, so I think you both, John and Michael, you both have really good teams. I think. The only problem I have with yours, John, is the Evan Mobley part. He's only in his second year, so right. you really he's can't under, say he's, he's underrated yeah. at that point. He's, he's still has like a little not bit living up to the hype. I mean, he's still playing well, yeah. right? So I mean, but he's not. I don't know. So can I, I, so can, I, I t- can I tell you something? So yeah. you're you're taking Michael's team. I am going to take Michael's team because it's just the better team overall. Like if you put that team out on the floor, they're going to win forty games. Uh, mm-hmm. Michael, I also think your team is better than mine. <laughs> right. yeah. yeah, I I think I uh, McCollum is a great pick. Yeah, mm-hmm. Mikhail Bridges is a great pick. Um, Jamal like, Murray. Like if you told me, yeah, like every one of you, like we both took Marcus Smart. Yeah, but Boston. Yeah, F Boston. Um, Jamal Murray is better than Jalen Brunson. Not oh, a yeah. lot, yeah. but he's better. Yeah, he DeAndre Ayton, I think I take over Miles Turner. Well, that's close. That's though, close. Right? That's close. I like them both. Miles Turner is a good shot blocker. Good. Good player. And uh, Mikael Bridges is yeah, is, is, is a little better than Jared Vanderbilt. Yeah. Yeah. So a lot I, I I I think Michael's you you win the assignment. Mm-hmm. You were you Thank had you. the best team. Finally, I got some homework right. Yeah. There you I go. I've done this in college. <laughs> well, Andy yeah. didn't get it right. Yeah. So, well, you know, well yeah. Had you know, to. you, you would have had Michael. You actually would have had to go to class no, to true. find out what the homework was. You know, is the uh, is the problem. But uh, yeah, there are a lot of guys. In the by, by the way, I think Austin Reeves is coming. He'll be on my all underrated team. I, I just Speaking do you guys of- do you guys notice whenever Austin Reeves is in the game, you're never upset that you're like the only time you get mad is when he's they take him out. Yeah, like plays, you always yeah. want him in there. He, he makes winning plays on both ends of the floor. Right. You know, I was thinking about this today. Michael Wilbon was talking about Jaw and how he's a face of the NBA, right? Right, one of them. He said one of the five faces. So I was thinking, yeah. who are the five faces of the oh. NBA right now? Okay, all right. Can I can I guess before you give me yours? Yeah. All right, Giannis. Yep, he's one of them. LeBron. Yep, that's two. <sighs> three more. Can I throw out another? Yeah. Steph. Yep, that's three. And who? And right, let's I said these without missing. And one, I said Jaw is one of them. So Jaw's the fourth. Who's the okay. fifth? All right. So let's think about this. It's pretty easy. I think I know. Um, fifth, fifth face in the NBA right now. If you had a, t- a starting five of the five faces of the NBA, yeah, wrote, who is that guy? I wrote mine down. I'm trying to think. It's pretty obvious, Ireland. I'm surprised you're missing it. Well, I'm, but it, it could be a couple of different people. Yeah, it could be between three people. But I came up with this guy. I think is the face of the NBA now, going forward, and, uh, and now. It's. I think you put either Jokic or Embiid. Uh, I put uh, Luca over both of those guys. Is that who you put? No, actually, I put KD. Well, KD's getting kind of. Well, he's kind of getting old, but Luca's kind of like the face now. Luca's very popular and yes, he is all NBA every year. So I think so. Luca, Ja, LeBron, Steph, and Giannis to me are the five main. Now Jokic is Jokic is going to be the three-time MVP, but I still think those five guys are faces of the NBA ahead of him. 
I and think Embiid. I think Jokic actually has less interest in being I, a face you know what, you're right. than the people Michael's yeah. pointing I, out. I, I again, <laughs> twice one day, Michael, mark, mark this date down. You're right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Luke, Luke has got to be on that list. Yeah. Luke is, Luke is going to be the guy that's you know entrenched there for yeah. for. But KD is a good pick too. Yeah, KD's All a right, good pick. So you guys, when we do our jobs, um, particularly Michael and I, when we do the games, we have at our disposal a ridiculous amount of game notes. Okay, so it's basically it's like studying for a midterm, and I study like. Uh, well, Andy, you've seen this before. Um, study. What's that? <laughs> Well, but you're Michael. You're hired to give your perspective as an ex-player. Yeah. I mean, I it's this is more for me. But like, so Andy, for this, I have like, I have a thing called a TICAM, which is just an acronym for things I can ask Michael. Mm-hmm. So these are all things that I could talk to Michael about. And then I have a couple of uh, shot sheets that are like, are we on YouTube today? I can't remember. Um, See. Oh, we are. Okay. So there's. I'll show you the YouTube camera. It's basically a cheat sheet. Yeah. With like everything on it. What would happen if a team? decided we're not providing you any information. We're not giving you a roster. We're not giving you facts. We're not just do the game. You figure out who those guys are. It happened in <laughs> really? baseball over the weekend and a legendary Hall of Fame announcer was not having it. We'll play you his reaction coming up next. Mason in Ireland, ESPN LA. Tired of ads interrupting your favorite sports podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music, included with your Prime membership. Amazon Music offers the most ad-free top podcasts. Enjoy shows like First Take, Part of the Interruption, and The Low Post, available ad-free and uninterrupted. To start listening, download the Amazon Music app or go to Amazon.com slash ESPN pods. That's Amazon.com slash ESPN pods to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac, weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good! The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. Quarter after 2 p.m. in the Southland. Go ahead, John, take a shot. Ace. Ace, how long? I think it's one-hit wonders, Ace. Maybe, probably. Live Imaging Tuesday, Yacht Rock Tuesday on Mason Island. Andy Kamenetsky, Michael Thompson sitting in from Ace. Of course he's gone. Andy Kamenetsky, <laughs> if you're watching on YouTube, of course, search ESPN LA on YouTube, watch the show live, you can see all of us. Andy is wearing, along with myself, the ESPN LA Pickleball Madness Tournament official t-shirt. With your name on the back. With your name on the back. Nice. Thanks to our friends at Municipal. And by the way, everyone participating in the tournament, playing, you will get their very own. Chris, yes. Municipal. That company has a ton of great golf stuff. Great golf stuff. They did the quarter zips for our ESPN LA golf tournament. They got yeah. a great hat that I wear often. I mean, this was a good company, quality company. And I've been following the saga, Michael, mm-hmm. on Instagram from our friend Mike Trudell, who takes videos of you oh, yeah, yeah. and your outfits on the yeah. plane. Yeah. And he, I guess he bought you new gear? Well, he got new gear. Uh, the the equipment manager for the Lakers is a guy named Andrew Hank, who is a great guy. Okay. And if you go see Andrew, if, you, if you're uh, on staff, if you work for the Lakers and you go see Andrew, he'll hook you up. So Trudell got tired of Michael wearing all old stuff. Like Trace used to play for the White Sox, so Michael wears a lot of White Sox stuff. Right. Um, he wears some University of Minnesota stuff. He wears a lot of, you know, Zubaz pants, stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. So Trudell... 
went out of his way, went to Andrew Hank, and he goes, I need big stuff for Michael. Yeah. And he get him a, he got him a bag of swag, basically. And, and you and haven't worn any Michael of it. won't wear it. The, the stuff could fit, uh, can't fit the Kamenisky, it's so small. I said, what is, well, how tall do you think I am? <laughs> Six one? <laughs> no. He bought me like twenty. He bought me like fifteen pieces of uh, of gear, and only one of them fit me. Okay. So, so you're going to continue to wear like this sweatshirt yeah. I see is often featured. I have a su- right. I have a surprise coming for you. Ooh, some zubas. No, <laughs> no, you'll like it though. All right. And I went three XL. Do you think that'll be big 3XL? enough? Three XL? What? Tops or bottoms? Tops. Tops. Yeah, this should be big enough. Okay. So we'll see when it yeah. gets here. I hate tight stuff like you're wearing, uh, Chris. Well, I like I'm, tight well, stuff. It's only snug right now because I have a shirt underneath it. Oh, Michael. Okay. It's not, uh, yeah. it's not what it is. Thanks to our friends at Municipal, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's the reason it's snug. Well, listen, dry it, dog. Yeah. I wasn't planning for this. Tommy, the fun of the uh, head of the Fun and Games Department, right. threw it on the me. The great said, Tommy Lamb. I said, let's put it on. Let's promote Municipal. Let's get ready for. I love Municipal. You don't even need to. You have to tell me twice. I mean, I'm. I'm all in on those municipal guys. All right, Mason and Ireland continues right now. All right, so I mentioned that whenever we do a game, like uh, Michael and I work a lot of games, we have at our disposal an endless amount of game notes. And Andy, you actually just told an interesting story that I think is a typical fan story. Tell that on the air. Before I got in this industry and saw how a lot of the sausage is made, so to speak, I had no idea the like the announcers in these games had support staffs right and notes and people like doing a lot of this work and research for them so i would watch growing up in st louis like jack buck called baseball games or once i moved out here vin scully called dodger games i'd be like how do they know all this off the top of their heads right like vin has a story or for a stat for everything yeah that, that's impossible and then i learned <laughs> no it actually is impossible well the reason is is because there are PR people and game notes staff, and they give us all this information. And it's really just a matter of how much you want to use. So what would happen if a staff just pulled a Mason and took the week off <laughs> said, I'm not, I'm not providing notes. I'm not providing rosters. I'm not providing you any information whatsoever. Um, John Miller the longtime voice of the Giants. Before that, he was the voice of the Orioles. He, of course, was the voice of ESPN Sunday Night Baseball for years and years, him and Joe Morgan. Uh, John worked a game over the weekend, Giants-Diamondbacks. And the Diamondbacks provided zero information to the announcers. They didn't give him a roster. They didn't give him game notes. So John sits in his chair and realizes this. And, you know, he's in the Hall of Fame. He's not having this and he goes off on the diamondbacks i want you guys to tell me after this rant who looks worse here john for complaining or the diamondbacks for not doing their job here's what he said here's a curveball and that's in for a strike i'm guessing i have to guess the d-backs decided ah the heck with the big leagues let's just not be a big league team for the split squad here's the one one pitch and a fastball swung on a miss by Bryce Johnson. It's one and two. They have sent no public relations people over here. No information about who the manager is or anything at all about him. So if they don't want to be a big league team, we'll just treat him like a sandlot team. So they give us no information about anything. So one of those guys in a red shirt managing. <laughs> And a right-hander, one of their right-handers on the mound. <laughs> and there's a ball up and away. Three and two the count. I mean, there's certain things that go along with being a big league team. Like, try to act like a big league team. 
Three and two the count to Bryce Johnson. Here's Sacconi. And the pitch is bounced to second over to his right. Backhanding it, Castillo. And he throws out Johnson at first. See, I even had names. Did a little homework on what little we have, which is nothing whatsoever <laughs> from the, uh, the Bush League D-backs. All right. Bergman, you first. Who comes off worse there, John Miller or the D-backs? Well, they both come off pretty bad. But either way, I love how John still, he does like the Vince Scully where he's going in and out right. of the, of the high, high and outside. Uh, and these people are idiots. Three and two count. Yeah. I didn't get anything from this PR team. Uh, <laughs> it it's, it's obviously very inside baseball. Uh, Andy, who comes off worse there, John Miller or the D-backs? <laughs> I think the Diamondbacks in the end just because Miller is – so hilariously unhappy about this <laughs> and like the more it goes on the less willing he is to just drop it right like he he's like bob euchre in major league right when he just can't hide his disgust with the oh, team. hell with it exactly yeah. like just when you think john miller's about to move on <laughs> he takes just the next t- twist of the knife I think the Diamondbacks come off worse just because he's so funny. Michael, how about you? Who looks worse there, John Miller or the Diamondbacks? Well, definitely the backs. Um, I guess they didn't feel the need that a game was important enough to provide any kind of information on the players. So, you know, so he should just have some fun with it. I would say this, though. if I, I would never go naked into a game broadcast. So if, they, if the Diamondbacks provided me nothing, I mean, John, you can Google who the Diamondbacks manager is, and 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 Google will See, tell you. I disagree. I think John Miller is a man who's standing on principle. He's like, if you're not <laughs> going to help me really showcase your players, mm-hmm. then I'm just going to lean into the nothing that you gave me. So I'll give him this. It was spring training, so like there's and a bunch spring of, training and split squad, right? Okay, yeah. so it's a bunch of dudes that you've never heard of. Yeah, from, but like their single A team that right. you were playing. But for those players, this is maybe their one opportunity to ever get talked about in sure. a real Diamondbacks, which game. is why it's on the Diamondbacks because right. Why are you supposed to know who these dudes are at that point? Number ninety-seven is never going to make right. The like team. if if I'm number ninety-seven, I'm mad at the Diamondbacks. Agreed. Like, this is my one chance to have an ESPN guy call my name, and you did nothing. Well, that was from the Giants broadcast, right? Right. Yeah. Yeah, he's a Giants announcer. Um, all right, let me uh, let me get this in here. Yesterday, you weren't here yesterday, Andy. We played a – people have just got started to get brain cramps on Wheel of Fortune. They uh, They can't figure stuff out. So, yesterday – we played this. Oh, no, that's not it. Do you have yet that thing we played yesterday? Yeah, I got it. Here All right. Go. So yesterday, this happened on Wheel of Fortune uh, last week. B, please. Yes, there's a B. I'm going to try to solve. Okay. <laughs> Warm toasted bagels with low and cream cheese. No, it's, uh, not right. Uh, Nina, it's your turn. <laughs> the, we had L-O and, and then a blank. 700. X? Yeah, there is indeed an X. Pat, I'd like to solve the puzzle. Sure. Warm toasted bagels with lox and cream cheese. Yeah, that's a much better recipe. Okay, so, Greg, I got it. I, after we played that yesterday, yep. and we all made fun of the girl calling for low and cream cheese instead of lox and cream cheese, that maybe I was being a little presumptuous that Andy, for lack of a better term, Gentiles would all know about locks. Is that why you held this topic over, John? Because I'd be coming in? 
Uh, no. Get a little bit of expert opinion? Uh, no, but uh, I still think <laughs> I'm part not. Of the tribe, Ber- Bergman's, I'm not Bergman's the opinion wasn't enough yesterday to satisfy this. I'm not in the tribe. In Michael's not in the tribe. We know what locks are. Yeah. Is it, it worth, was I too hard on this woman for know not what knowing what locks are? Do you I know? Don't know what, I just asked Bergman, what is it? He says it's salmon. I didn't even know that. You didn't, you've never heard the term locks, locks. on a bagel. I, I would have got it wrong. You would have said low and cream low cheese, and, cream and cheese. then we could have made fun of you. Exactly. Um, Andy, what do you think? I mean, if you don't go into delis, I don't know why you'd know what locks is, in all honesty. I mean, I just know because. I mean, I've been, I don't eat them, but I've been around. Like, I, I went right. and once did a Seder at Dave Singer's what? house. Okay, but, but and the, they had locks there. Okay, the, okay, if you don't go into delis or Seder's, you're not, <laughs> like, there's, there's only so many places that you're going to get salmon prepared like that, specifically called locks. Like, 99% of the restaurants in America do not serve locks. Like they really don't. All right, so maybe maybe this guy that tweeted me was right that 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 non-Jewish people don't know what locks are. Yeah, yeah, maybe. All right, coming up next. Oh, somebody on the YouTube just said Jerry Jimenez said, "What the hell is a locks?" Yeah, there you go. So yeah. maybe maybe her screw up was not as bad as I thought it was. Um, all right, coming up next. What in the world is the Pac-12 doing? Is is the Pac-12 <laughs> it's the about question you always ask? Yeah, is the Pac-12 about to be completely blown up? We'll explain. By the way, uh, what's up, fool? Coming up at uh, about 15 minutes in Game of Games today is Andy's game. Mason in Ireland, ESPN LA. Ten seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships. Your skills. Your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? (laughs) Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a one dollar per month trial period at Shopify.com/network. All lowercase. Go to Shopify.com/network now to grow your business. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify.com/network. Hi, this is ESPN's Mike Greenberg, and ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sports book of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today, and new users get $100 in bonus bets for making any sports book bet. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Yes, indeed. Live Imaging Tuesday on Mason and Ireland. The little England Dan, John Ford Collier. I had no idea they had a second song. They have like oh, they five. Have, no, they're, they're Yacht Rock staples. You know what, Andy? I only know the one. I like you more than Brian, but I don't know after that. That is the <laughs> only... I only know the one, you know, really like to see you tonight. It's the only one I've ever heard. I don't know. I don't know. I'll dig in though. I will I will research more from England Dan. Dig in tonight. About three hours from right now. Lakers Grizzlies coverage begins. The Toyota Lakers countdown to tip off with Slee and Michael Thompson. And then Johnny I and MT have your play by play starting at seven PM. You'll hear it all here. And at halftime, we don't know if Slee will know how to toss to it yet. But the Pau Gasol retirement ceremony, we will bring you live I coverage. I have great confidence in well, Slee tonight. Slee's a pro. Uh he will Michael, how, how will he introduce the ceremony? And now let's to go turn over to Lawrence Tanter. See, that's not nice. What? 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 I just was talking about it. This is the first time for him. I didn't. He's very energetic. Oh, he's, he's smooth. He's a pro man. You'll um, hear it all on the flagship 
radio station of Lakers basketball, 710 ESPN. <laughs> All right, 7 o'clock tip tonight. Michael and I like those. What we really like is what's going to happen on Sunday. 1230 game again? 6 o'clock tip. 12.30 is even better. Yeah, 12.30, especially after the football season. You've yeah. always had that idea. Yep. Um, you know, Sedano's doing national play-by-play for that again on uh, uh, radio. Yeah, but what's interesting about that is nobody here can hear it. Well, we have to go to either Sirius or on yeah. the app. Yeah. Well, because yeah. you're on. Yeah, right, because yeah. we, we have the right. Do you kind of so. throw that in his face like, hey, man, no. you're not clear no, in I, L.A. I would, I would like to hear you're it. You're not clear in L.A., George. But, uh, he, yeah, he doesn't care. He still gets paid the same. Um, all right, so, by the way, could Michael, could the Lakers get away with the game on Sunday is a six o'clock start. Tonight's a seven o'clock start year round. Six o'clock starts like in the, in the uh, weekdays. Yeah. Yeah. It works. It can work because the final start at 6 PM on the West coast and the, think, and the, and the, the arena's full traffic alone. Andy rules it out. I, I think that's way too hard in this city for the average working person. To get there at six o'clock, they did it in the finals, right? But the finals is just seven games a year max. Yeah. I I think eighty two games or forty one in L A. That's a lot to ask of the average person working a job. Mm-hmm. Seven for a lot of them is probably tight. Seven, yeah. Um, I seven's way better than even seven thirty. Yeah. Oh yeah, because when it says seven, normally that means it's going to start more like seven fifteen. Seven. My first game in the league, we used to have eight thirty starts in Portland. Eight thirty p.m. games. Jeez, no wonder you guys couldn't go to sleep at night. Yeah, right. yeah, it takes forever. All right, yeah. so um, that's crazy. I know that's a, that was standard back then. All right, what do can either one of you tell me what the Pac-12 is doing? Uh, first of all, USC and UCLA leave, and then the Pac-12 says, "Well, they won't really go." Well, they're going, and now the Big Twelve is coming after Arizona, Arizona State, Colorado, and Utah. Andy, if they get those four. <laughs> That's six of the 12 Pac-12. Isn't that the end of the Pac-12? I feel like it's already the end of the Pac-12. Once you lose USC and UCLA, that's the cornerstone of that conference anyway. Yeah, that's like, that's like the Big Ten losing Michigan and Michigan yeah, State. Yeah, I mean, for all, Michigan Michigan and Ohio Ohio State, State, yeah. For all intents and purposes, the Pac-12's done. Like, it may still exist, but it's done in the way people cared about it. How do you let that happen if you're running the Pac-12? How do you just let Rome burn and not do If I was a Pac-12, the second that USC and UCLA left, I go on the offensive. I bring in, I don't know, I, whoever I can get, San Diego State, UNLV, Fresno State, the, those, Gonzaga. Those, those teams, though, they're not going to replace U, USC and right, UCLA. Right, of course not, but no one is. So, But here's my, here's my point. By taking the, losing your two biggest schools, obviously you're on life support at that point. Of course, the other conferences are going to come after your strays. You got to you got to d up here, man. Your your conference is about to go away and die. I mean, honestly, again, it's dead whether you want to dress it up or not. It could be conference it, is done. They could bring in Long Beach State, Cal State, Fullerton, <laughs> Poly, uh, what's that? Cal Poly, Pomona. We could bring those guys in. Yeah, I mean, the, Cal Institute of the gotta, Arts. There you go. You got to do something. You just can't sit here and watch these guys cherry pick you like you're a carcass. I mean, if they'd let this happen, Arizona, Arizona State, Colorado, and Utah, and at the heart of this is that is the inability of the Pac-12 to negotiate a good TV deal. If they, you know, every other conference has dwarfed them in TV deals, and they've been unable to to get anything with any traction. Apparently, they're talking to Amazon, they're talking to Google, they got nothing. And if they sit there and let them get raided. And Arizona, Arizona State, Colorado, and Utah go to the Big 12. Mm. 
I think that's malpractice yeah, but, but how are for they the guys running the But here's the, the thing, though. How are they supposed to prevent it if they're making these outreaches to Apple and all these other places and those networks don't want them? Like, what are they supposed yeah, to do? Be what they're supposed to add. Like, let's say you added Gonzaga for basketball in the Big 12, in the Pac-12. You could that would help you get a TV deal. People love watching Gonzaga on TV. Let's say you uh, you added San Diego State and UNLV for football. Those are they're not SC and UCLA, but they those games will be on TV. But they, but those are not big enough to make Apple or Netflix or but whoever big enough to keep down, your conference big, afloat. But, but you said before the problem is this is all about money. Those teams are not big enough to make you otherwise interested in the Pac-12. They're just not. Right. But if you don't replace SC and UCLA, you leave yourself ripe to get to get raided. And that's what's happening. I just I think the minute you lose USC and UCLA, the, the writing is on the wall. Like, I mean, unless you think Oregon or I guess like Arizona State or Arizona uh, Arizona are big enough, you're done. It's just it's over. USC and UCLA are like 80 to 90% of what made that conference matter. Yeah, I just think that, that and, and I don't know if the answer is getting different people to run it, but you cannot be passive right now. you got to be aggressive. you got to replace SC well, and UCLA. But they are, they're trying to. I mean, you said they've been making these reach outs. All right, so they're if Tommy Lasorda were alive, he would say, trying to. Trying to. I can get that guy in the corner to try. I need doers. I need somebody who can get a deal done. This is this it's is easy for him to say when he was with the Dodgers. It was the best organization right. in baseball. But this is malpractice. If they let these four schools go to the Big 12, uh, the Pac-12, as we know it, is dead. And a lot of people are going to be out of work. And a conference that's been around for over 100 years is going belly up because they're not being aggressive and nobody's minding the store they need to get aggressive see what daniel jones just got it did is it official 160 four year 160 82 million dollars on signing okay Ooh, baby, Danny I, Dimes. Should, I should have played quarterback so he got he got 40 million a year <laughs> yeah and, and can you believe they still I trying not to have, shortchange lamar yeah i would not have given daniel jones that money why not that's the standard rate for a good quarterback these days right but he's only done it for one year oh he can play Come i would on. pay lamar jackson today i don't know yeah, i hope i hope he leaves he needs to go to miami um but i would not have given that money to daniel jones you know what's weird you guys is that there are not one but like five teams right now that have no quarterback yeah it's weird none i mean if Tua is still in concussion protocol there's no quarterback in miami there is no quarterback for the jets there is no quarterback in carolina right now there is no quarterback in tampa what yeah, the, the niners for all intents and purposes right. don't have a quarterback the, greg there's no quarterback in las vegas no i didn't what five teams with no quarterbacks? What are these teams What's doing? What's crazy too is there really aren't even enough premier quarterbacks by right way, now to fill it. That's Michael. Why Daniel Jones got 160 course, million? Because yeah. the market dictates. Well, if we don't give it to him, who yeah. we, who plays quarterback right. next year? Yeah. What are those teams going to do? What's Tampa going to do? What are the Raiders going to do? I don't know. Well, if you if you ask Bergman what he wants, he just wants them to tank anyway and get uh, give Caleb me Williams. Caleb Williams. That's right. what I want. Well, he may Greg may turn out to be right. I'll I'll deal with Jared Stidham for a year and get to Caleb. Williams. What's Tampa going to do? Tampa has no quarterback. What's Carolina going to do? They don't have a quarterback. I mean, Isn't it kind of 
like important in the NFL well, to get that box checked? It is, but if you don't have anybody good anyway, you might as well just be forward looking into the draft. Like if you don't have the guy and you can't get the guy as a free agent, then you got to be searching through the draft. Like that's where you're aggressively yeah. going to find your quarterback. Uh, but I, I'll tell you what, there aren't five good quarterbacks in this draft. Yeah, they are. Are you kidding me? These guys look great in the uh, workouts. Yeah, but wait a minute, Michael. You can't slide those five guys into starters in the NFL. Why not? Why not? Because how many? When's the last time a rookie starter in the NFL did anything? Listen, Russell those Wilson. Days are, those days are gone. Where a guy gets drafted as quarterback and you hold a clipboard for a couple of years. Somebody just put him out there. Josh I mean, Allen started right away. I mean, even if you hold a clipboard for one year, I mean, okay, so it's a it's a holdover season. Look what Brock Purdy did. He was a rookie. He, he stepped in. Some guys can step in and play Ireland. Stop, stop that old way of thinking. Oh, we're going to drop this quarterback. Give, all right, so give me quarterbacks that you think could step in and play right now in the in, in college. There aren't that many. Well, Young and Stroud, the guys who are top, right, where, where they, they're going to play right away, and they should. Yeah, go I like teams. Bryce Young. I would take him, but a lot of people Anthony think he's Richardson, undersized. Anthony Richardson, 6'4", 245, looks like a LeBron James, a quarterback. Play right. him right away. Let, yeah. him, let him learn maybe, their lumps right away. Maybe that's Maybe yeah. that's the issue. Especially but, if you don't have an Alex Smith in front of you, like what Kansas City had with Mahomes, can you play guys, right away. Can you guys ever remember a year? Like today was the day that you could franchise people. Yeah. All right. So Lamar Jackson got the, uh, the what do non, they call it? Non exclusive. Non exclusive so franchise tag. Non exclusive franchise tag, right. So anybody else can go. By, still. So, by the way, if Lamar leaves, what's Baltimore doing Nothing. for a quarterback? That's what I was talking to Travis Rogers about. He's talking about who cares if Lamar leaves? They, they don't win without, they don't win. I said, Are you kidding me? You see those stands? You think those stands are full? I'm going to see Mark, whatever, you know, the, the tight end play? They're full yeah. because of Lamar Jackson. I would pay. Me? I would pay Lamar Jackson in a heart. He wants 200 million guaranteed. I don't know why they just won't give it to him. Side note, I would love to be franchise tagged. Like where mm-hmm. your salary is top five average of a job that pays That's a ton true. without all the haggling. But you true. have no you have no security. That's why a lot of people are questioning whether or not Lamar will play for the franchise, franchise tag. Because yeah, if but he suppose, gets hurt, he's done. What position are you playing? You're a cornerback, right? Yeah. Okay, so you'll say they franchise tag you and you're like the best cornerback in football and they say they give you Jalen Ramsey's making 20 and they franchise tag you for 15 and you think you're better than Jalen. Don't you want to make no, what look, he makes? You always want your worth. You I'm just saying it's a it's a pretty awesome system mm-hmm. when you think about it where at the end of the day, the worst thing that happens for you is your guaranteed top five average for your position. You know, you retired too soon. You could have been a white cornerback in the NFL. There you go. <laughs> you I don't see those been. anymore. Yeah, no, you don't. Jason Seahorn. It was the yeah. last one. The last, the the last, last starting white cornerback. <laughs> yeah, kind of crazy. Come everybody talks about that? All right. Uh, what's up, food? Don't <laughs> worry about the black quarterback. What about the white cornerback? We, uh, really, it's an extinct species. Somebody like a Won't T-Rex. somebody think of the white cornerback? Yeah, exactly. It's uh, like we'll a T-Rex. We'll get uh, Bergman and Jorge in here, and they'll throw a bunch of stuff at us next. ESPN <laughs> like a, LA. Like a We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Thanks, Tris. All right, so James Harden is starting to get annoyed with us, the fans, the media, everybody, basically, about his playing ability. He said, I don't know what they want from me. You know what I mean? I've been doing this thing for a very long time. I've been one of the most consistent players in this league since I've been in. James' playoff history will tell you a little bit differently because he's not very, uh, he's not there all the time. But does Harden need more respect? 
Well, he's one of the great scorers of all time, but Michael, he's never been to the finals. Mm-hmm. He doesn't play defense. Well, he's been to the finals once. Oh, that's right, with the Oklahoma City, and yes. he struggled. Yeah. He um, and Michael, he doesn't play defense, and he, he is often out of shape. Yeah. I think that's why people maybe respect him less than he yeah. thinks they do. Yeah, we all love James Harden. I like him. He's a nice guy and everything. But, yeah, you can't put him in the class of KD and Giannis, LeBron, of course, and uh, Steph and the guys. Multiple su- superstars who have won multiple championships or a championship. So that's why he doesn't is not uh, regarded in the same level as those guys are. I don't think it helps, too, fair or not, that he's seen as a team hopper. Like somebody that just keeps moving around, looking right. for a better situation. Mm-hmm. You know, there's t- there's why does it why does it hurt Durant or doesn't hurt Durant but hurts it has Harden. hurt Durant. You I think it's absolutely hurt Durant. See, I think people look at Durant universally as one of the greatest players ever. Right, but people have detracted him a lot from like listen to the way Barkley talks about the two championships. And you know and, that which he's, he's which he's totally wrong about. I'm, I'm, I was there. I'm not and saying, he, and he actually led that team. Well, in those I'm not saying that he's right. I'm just yeah. saying he's not alone in the way Durant gets talked about. The way that he forced his way to Brooklyn, forced his way out of Brooklyn, like Durant, I think for somebody of his stature, has taken a lot of arrows himself. You mean he did what? Uh, a hundred percent of the workforce in America does, as far as choose where they want to work. Dude, he did what Barkley has done. Exactly. <laughs> Barkley right. forced his yeah, way That's a good point. Yeah, Barkley did it too. Yeah. He, he he went out of there. All right, Greg, where you at? What's up, fool? All right, so Jason Sudeikis says that Ted Lasso will end after season three, but that was a pretty much known at this point. It was always supposed to be just a three-season arc. He did leave it open though for spinoffs to happen. So, what Ted Lasso spinoff would you want to see? Roy Kent. Roy yes. Kent. Roy <laughs> Kent. Yeah, that would be. The spinoff, Danny Rojas. Football is life. <laughs> I, but he, he's Rojas is kind of a one-trick pony, right? That's all he does. Football is life. Roy Kent is like just he's he's an uncle to a really cute little girl that he so he has a soft side and he's just has no filter. I think that would uh, that would be the one for me is Roy Kent. I only know two Kents: Clark Kent and Lala Kent. You know David. David Kent. Kent that's three. I, I have oh, yeah, I have David never Kent, been prouder of you that you know who Lala <laughs> Kent is. How do you know who Lala Kent that, is? Vanderpump Rules. She's always in the gossip uh, papers of the Daily Mail and stuff like that. Well, have you ever seen Vanderpump Rules? Yeah, I, I, I've seen a couple of episodes of it. Because you know there's a big scandal going on right now. Yeah, I heard about Raquel that. Raquel is hooking up with Sandoval, yeah. and they're in love. Oh my gosh! And Ariana <gasps> has been left on the side of the road. Right. No, cast away. Is Lala Kent the new last name of Lala Vasquez? No. Like, okay, so a different person. Yeah, yeah. Lala okay. Ke- Lala Kent was married to that Randall Emmett yeah. or Emmett, the producer. And if he, she, oh, you mean like the the guy did it? Like, I think like Independence Day. And, yeah. And oh wow. And uh, and he was cheating on her the wow. whole time, and so uh, they broke up. Oh, and I now, hope we've named the right guy. <laughs> now she's back in the uh, back. In the, that guy, he he. I don't know if he did Independence Day. He's done a bunch of like B movies. Okay. Then and it's he, de- and he owed Fifty Cent like a okay. million dollars. I was thinking of Roland Emmerich. Definitely yeah. different person. Apologies yeah. to Mr. Okay. Emmerich. Okay. There you go. Andy, do you watch Ted Lasso? Never seen it. Oh, Ooh. what is missing wrong out, with man? you? Why? I don't have Apple TV. You've never seen Pitch Perfect, and you've never seen Ted Lasso. What do you do all day? (laughs) What do you do all day if you're not watching Ted Lasso or Pitch Perfect? Or Vanderpump Rules. Nothing. I do nothing else. You just ignore your daughter, huh? Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, what do you do all day? You just get to see all these shows. I watch Ted Lasso. 
Yeah. Yeah. He doesn't spend any time with his 11 year old daughter. Exactly. No, I, all the time I spend. Riley off in the corner while dad's watching <laughs> yeah. Ted Lasso. Hey, hey, you stay in the room while Dad, I watch Ted Lasso. No, watching Lasso. <laughs> Hell with your homework. Roy Kent, Riley. You don't watch it either, Michael? <laughs> no, I've never seen it. I feel like this would be a show you would like. Yeah. Everybody tells me that, but I just don't. I'm watching all my last chance of the western front and stuff like those good movies just give it a shot <laughs> you would like it it's a very happy making show that's what i hear what's up fool yeah. all right so i'm glad michael's here because i got a boxing one. Oh yes yesterday in 1985 mike tyson w- made his professional debut so is mike tyson the best heavyweight fighter you've ever seen you asking me that yeah the, the whole panel. Are you freaking crazy? Wait, you would put Mike Tyson ahead of Muhammad Ali? Yeah, what kind of oh, question is that? the question. No. He didn't even I will top, say this. Top five. Mike Tyson is probably the most, um, I'm, I'm trying to get the word. He was like a comet, Michael, oh, yeah. when he came yeah. onto the uh-huh. scene. He yeah. just like shot out amazing. of a rocket yeah. and, a, then, yeah. and then kind of came down just as fast, yeah. right? He was a good fighter. Don't get me wrong. But, I uh, but no, I wouldn't put. I would put Ali ahead of him. I put Frazier ahead of him. I put Foreman ahead of him. Uh, Larry Holmes. Oh yeah. I don't know if I put Larry, Larry Holmes. Oh, is just, Larry Holmes was a great fighter. You say he, you don't know boxing if you don't know Larry Holmes. Yeah, no, I do. Fighter. And he was he was he was the what? champ for a lot of years. Yeah. I think Tyson would destroy. No, him. no, not a young Larry Holmes. Holmes would have uh, jabbed him to death. Did uh, you name Foreman? Let me switch the question. Oh, George What's your Foreman's Mount Rushmore of heavyweight? The champions? Mount Rushmore of heavyweight champions? Foreman, Frazier, Ali, Joe Lewis, Muhammad Ali. Um, I would say um, Jack uh, Jack uh, Johnson back in the start of the twenty first twentieth century, and the fourth one probably be uh, probably George Foreman. Uh, that would be it. You know, some people say Jack Dempsey knows things, but Jack Dempsey was Rocky your Marciano. Size. Marciano, Marciano was like one hundred eighty pounds. He beat Joe Ma- Lewis's Lewis ass. Mama, <laughs> Mama, come K, I come K. Joe Lewis was one hundred thirty-seven years old. <laughs> a lot of people would put him on there, Greg. You're right. I just wanted to do the one line, and John got it right away. <laughs> bleep you, bleep you, bleep you. Right. Who's next? What's that? Uh, what do you know from nothing? <laughs> right. So, uh-huh. taste the soup. Uh-huh. Taste the soup. Taste the soup. Where's the Spoon. Tyson, uh-huh. next to Muhammad Ali, he was the second. He was the second greatest attraction in bat, in boxing history and heavyweight history, but not the greatest. No. What's up, fool? Good question, man. <laughs> Easy. <laughs> Get so angry. All right. So <laughs> Rich Eisen said that he heard rumblings at the combine that Tom Brady may not be done playing football oh, in the geez. NFL and to watch out for Miami. Brady quote tweeted the story about it on Twitter and said, "Anyone who thinks that I have time to come back to the NFL has never adopted a two-month-old kitten for their daughter." Does him owning a cat change your mind about playing in the NFL? No. <laughs> I, I think he's trying to get Giselle back, and when it fails, he'll go back and play quarterback for the Dolphins. Okay, first of all, if you're going to try to throw out a pet to make your case, you can't go with cats. Cats are self-sufficient. Right. Like, there's I'm no saying. training for, for a kitten. For a week. The like, cat would be fine. Yeah, that, that that kitten is two months old. That kitten knows everything it needs to know. So you, if you really want to prove this, Brady, you got to go out and get a puppy. Like, if you really want to use an animal, I it's a puppy. puppy. Is he really trying to get Giselle back? Oh, yeah. Really? I think so. I thought she dumped him for some uh, fitness trainer. Yeah, he's trying to step it up. Oh, come on, Tom. Have some pride. What, you want to just bail on her? Yeah, she dumped him. She's a supermodel. Tom Brady can't find another one? That's true. 
Michael, put Hello? it on. Put it on Hello? mute. No, that's Tom Brady calling you. <laughs> so stop talking about me. Exactly. Uh, all right, let's go to the next What's one. What's up, fool? Oh, still a lot of time. All right, so Bob Ross was a staple in the Bergman household. <laughs> this guy was on PBS. <laughs> Said with such enthusiasm. Well, yeah. because I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna have to start looking for other questions. Bob Ross was a staple in the Bergman household. <laughs> I, you don't. This guy was on PBS and in 30 minutes would take a blank canvas and turn it into an incredible scenery with just happy little trees. Well, there's this new movie coming out with Owen Wilson played p- playing a Bob Ross-like character named Carl Nargle. It's called Paint, comes out April 7th of this year, and it's about Carl doing his show for years until a younger woman comes and starts doing his bit of the Bob Ross bit. Did you watch Bob Ross at all, and are you interested in this movie? I completely missed the Bob Ross thing. Wow. I, I never saw. I know who he is. Like I know what he looks like, and I know that he used to like paint things. And but Michael, I never watched him. Did you? I've seen him paint, but yeah, Hollywood's running out of ideas for movies. We're gonna make a movie out of this guy. <laughs> I used to watch Bob Ross all the time. Thank there you. you. He was awesome. Let me tell you something. If you happen to have uh, partaken in some Mason substances. Bob Ross was the ticket, man. Bob, watching Bob Ross paint while you're high. Yeah, that's uh, it's a good. You could hear the paint. It's a good afternoon. <laughs> you could hear the paint. You could hear the paint. Good afternoon. Good. <laughs> good afternoon. All right, so I would, I would watch that movie. Yeah, I'm going to watch it. And Owen Wilson's doing it. He actually looks a lot like Bob Ross. He it. does. It's I never noticed that before, but he totally does. He, he does. Wow. Get out of broken nose. So I'm going to use one of uh, Andy's things here because I ran out of questions. Peter Gabriel is about to go on his first solo tour in over a decade. Who would you want to see among artists who've been largely out of sight for a while, John? David Bowie. He's dead. He's dead. (laughs) (laughs) But to be fair to Michael. But I would love to see him, Michael. Sure. It's only been seven years. (laughs) Yes. Uh, Quite some time. (laughs) Who has not been out there for a while? Peter Gabriel's on my list because... He rarely right. tours. And Man, he's supposed to be did great. I go to a great show at the Hollywood Bowl about five, six years ago? Sting and Peter Gabriel together, and it was like tag teams. Yeah. Sting would do a song, Peter Gabriel would do a song, then they'd switch and do other each other's songs. It was just really, really well done. What about the Temptations? They I still think, live in, ain't they? I think half of them are gone. Too. Yeah, I, I don't yeah, want no. a mix and match band like that. You know, oh, like yeah. you want you like the originals. Artist. Well, you just want the originals, originals yeah. or most of the originals. If if it's like one original Temptation mm-hmm. and three replacements. What about Diana Ross? She's still around, right? Let me <laughs> let me Google. Yeah, Diana Ross. Yeah, is Diana Ross would be good to see. Alive. I bet she could still get out there and kick it a little bit. She's old, but she's alive. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's a good question. 78 years old. Yeah, oh, yeah, she's still going to do it. Tina Turner, it'd be good to see her. Tina Turner would be good. Yeah. I bet she can still I remember, put on I saw show. Frank Sinatra at the very end, and he had a giant teleprompter with huge font size <laughs> letters. I did it. Line my way. It was really, really bad. So, you know what? You want, at some point, you got to step off the stage, all right? You don't have to go back. Yeah. What's that, fool? All right, that'll do it. Um, okay. Have you guys heard about this new pitch the ghost fork yes have you heard about it michael the ghost fork like something you eat with no it's a fork ball that this pitcher is throwing oh it drops 41 inches from the top to the bottom and Mm -hmm. has 11 inches of break we'll explain next michael in andy kamenitsky in for mace mason in ireland espn la